You're listening to Strength and Bonds, an Async Twilight Imperium podcast. Episode 18, Who's Your Favorite Leader? I'm your host, BLT. So quick little thing just to get this episode started off. I feel like I've been in a few games lately where people seem concerned that some action I'm taking is benefiting someone else too much or, or, or like vice versa. Like, you know, you know, you're not getting enough out of that. They're getting so much. I got to say just really quick for the record, I don't usually really care too much about if someone else has really benefited from something I do so long as I get what I need. Um, you know, if someone needs a planet and it's a one, one and it helps them score, you know, I don't want, you know, I don't want to get nothing out of that, but if I can get two, three, four trade goods or an alliance or something, uh, yes, it gives them a point. It helps them, but I, I am just, I'm just only focused about me. Um, and as a quick aside, (laughs) that's actually why I like X minus one so much. Uh, oh no, it helps the other factions too much. Well, or it just helps me because I get a trade good from every single person. This is such an entangled game. There's at least five other players. I am just not worried about if other people are doing well. Uh, again, unless they're winning. Like at some point, then that's wrong. And then, of course, everything I did up to that point is win making. I get it. But um, just as a general thing, just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, but yeah. Anyway, with that, the the want to go right into the best thing I saw this week. It's not going to be the best thing for everyone. I want to be really clear about that. But I thought this was just amazing. Um, Cody TCT, thank you so much. I know you attribute this to your partner, but still, thank you so much for sharing this with us. We have every faction mapped to a Taylor Swift song. That's right. Um, I am not a huge Taylor Swift fan. I am not a hater. I'm just kind of more of a progressive rock sort of person and she doesn't usually fit that for me but uh, I've got some favorite songs that's fine and I just want to take a moment this is the best thing I saw this week take a moment and I'm not going to read every single one but I'm going to read many of the uh, proposals for Taylor Swift song that goes with the Twilight Imperium faction Um, in the show notes there Finn put together a playlist that has all of these on YouTube. Um, so I don't know if we needed that, but we have it. So anyway, let me go through. I think that, yeah, alphabetical order. Again, I'm skipping some uh, either because I didn't really know the Taylor Swift song or just because I didn't want to read every single one. But um, okay, so I'm just going to go through Arborek, Willow. Apparently Taylor Swift has a song called Willow. Sounds right. Clan of Sar, Exile. Embers of Muat, Muat, Bad Blood. Now that one, I mean, really, that's perfect. Hitting with the... Uh, the lore behind Muat, very well done there. Emirates of Hakan, Bejeweled. Empyrean is Blank Space, which a hat tip to Jazz for uh, for putting that one in there, but love that. Um, all about that Blank Space in the in the galaxy. Federation of Soul, Innocent. Also great callback to the lore. Love that so much. Ghost of Creus, Haunted, sure. L1 is uh, Anti-Hero. Again, also perfect. I love, again, I... 
the the way the factions are designed the lore usually influences somewhat of like how they play but um but i just love like how many of these have to do with uh with the lore and not always necessarily like you know exactly what they play or their heroes or whatever uh mahat uh i forgot that you existed brilliant nazaroka alliance love story titans of old right where you left me and again you have to think for a second on that one right where you left me yes perfect uh universities of jolnar mastermind Volwraith cabal i did something bad <laughs> uh winu is karma i i love it extra kingdom peace and yin brotherhood mr perfectly fine um so again if you're a taylor swift fan that somehow is also a ti fan you love that if you're not uh sorry <laughs> but i had a good time with that all right um let's go to the stats thing of the week i this is something i've been wanting to share for a couple weeks sigma again and not specifically async related but i just think this is cool and uh it's my podcast so here we go so stats thing of the week is uh sigma did that relic survey if you remember or we were sharing like what the highest ranked relics were lowest ranked uh, he decided to do something with uh for leaders uh, so he is doing it as a Swiss system, nine round tournament. Every, it's just a, you know, which one would you, is a better leader, one versus one. And then he's going to continue to do it so that in round one, it's random. Round two, winners compared with winners. Round three, those with two wins paired with people with two wins, two losses with two losses, etc. And the idea is that every round, you'll be facing someone with about the same number of wins and losses and eventually separating everyone out into a kind of ranking. You're not going to face every single leader, but... Um, over enough of these rounds, nine rounds, um, you know, we'll, we'll end up with, uh, with a pretty decent community ranking. I also put in the show notes, the, the recent, most recent version of the poll. So definitely get in there if you want your voice to be heard. Um, so I have a little update. So this is round three. So we've already uh, had two votes before this. These are people, you know, people with two wins facing against other leaders with two wins, uh, I just want to share some of the the things that Sigma pulled out here. And this is definitely all from him. Major thanks. So these leaders won their one-on-one matchup with at least 90% of their votes. Um, the Mahakt hero was 100% versus the Claris hero. Nazroka hero, 98% versus the Nomad agent. Someone picked the Nomad agent over the Nazroka hero. Um, Nazroka agent versus the old Analu hero, 96%. Um, what are some other ones? You know, Winu Hero, 94% against uh, the Nomad Agent. So again, a lot of these are high in part because their competition was so weak. This is not necessarily the best uh, heroes, but the 90%, but I just thought some of those were were kind of interesting. Um, but also interesting, I think, were the ties. So I actually want to focus on those a little bit more. I didn't read all the other ones, but the ties are cool. So the, the Yin Hero Omega versus the Titans Hero was basically even split. Uh, Letnev Commander versus the Winu Agent. Extra Hero, not Omega, the old one, versus the, the Nomad Hero. Star Commander versus the old Yin Agent. Extra Agent versus the Nojolnar Hero. Uh, th- these are getting a little bit split. The Extra Agent won that 58% to, to 41. And a Krius Commander versus Claire's Hero is like 58 to 41 as well. Uh, oh, actually, which Claire's Hero is that? Kwasi Aonjela. That's the Argent Claris hero, I'm guessing. Um, so this is just fun for me. I just like seeing like what people think. Um, oh, he also mentioned these are these are the, you know some agents won against heroes, and I think that's tricky because agents you can use four or five times, heroes just once. But uh, the Nazroka agent beat the Nalu hero. 
uh, Muat agent beat the Letnev hero. Na- Nalu agent beat the Soul hero, which I think is is see why you got to do so many rounds of this because the Soul hero is like amazing, um, but it did lose to uh, to Zoo or Zoo Omega agent of the Nefish. Uh, apparently, you're supposed to say that whole thing. I left a few out, but anyway, I just. I'm going to uh, not update that like every single week or anything. I'll probably wait till it's over at this point, but wanted to make sure everyone knew about that. want people to be able to get their votes in and uh, just know that this is happening. I love community polls like this. And just as an aside, like obviously there will be times that X agent is better than Y. You know, it's situational, but I just like this exercise. Like which one's better? All right, weird game mode of the week. Uh, Drek just finished the first version the you know almost the, the the guinea pig run of what he's calling musical planets it's a fog variant no points uh you don't score any points it's just last player standing so the way it works is that every single round a planet is announced and at the end uh, well sorry n minus one planets are announced so it's it's the number of planets uh number of players minus one planets are announced and at the end of the round if you do not have one of those planets you are eliminated uh first round is just your home system so uh you know it's you know you you have one round basically where you're semi-safe but uh after that it's just you know basically rolling up the dice i think he has a couple limitations on like i think he's trying to maybe not have more than one planet uh, musical planet in the same system if you use two or three planet system but again broadly these planets could be anywhere on the map it's fog you may not even know where all the musical planets are uh, and you got to go find them you got to go take them or else you are gone uh, that round so really love this uh the only change he thinks he's going to make uh, the first round did not have megatol rex so he's going to maybe add that back in just so it exists and uh He's going to give uh, a trade good per point to each person after the status phase so that, you know, there's some value in maybe scoring some points. Um, I don't know. I, so, I, you know, this is already finished once. It sounded like what happened is two players did end up kind of buddying up together. They became the last two. And then, of course, one of them won. Uh, I just, I, you know, I love this kind of fun stuff. And I think you could do this not in fog but there's something about fog that makes it i think a little more fun where uh you know you maybe try to hide whether or not you have a planet or not um it's a very cool idea derek Drek, derek Drek. anyway um cool well we're just rolling today let me go to tech of the week we're gonna write down my list here of segments um I don't know if anyone's noticed or probably just no one cares, but yeah, it's, it's very tongue in cheek that every single one of these things is like this thing of the week. Um, pretending like all of them are important, but anyway, let's grab tech of the week. Ooh, I don't know if we've probably had one or one or two unit upgrades, but we've got cruiser two today. Um, cruiser two is obviously a unit upgrade. It has green, yellow, red prerequisites. One of the, is it the only one other than the Nomad flagship with three color prerequisites? Uh, two cost, six combat, which is an upgrade of one, three move, which is an upgrade of one, one capacity, which is an upgrade of one over the base carrier. Um, what can I say about Cruiser 2? Cruiser 2 has three movement. It's the only ship that has three movement uh, as like a base sort of thing. 
one capacity is huge because zero capacity means you cannot bring ground forces and one means you can. Uh, again, usually one cruiser two and one, you know, infantry or whatever is not going to be enough to matter, but it, you know, if it has zero capacity, it doesn't matter at all. So one capacity is nice. Uh, I know expendable has, uh, used to be cruiser two Stan, um, or expendable cruiser two man, forget what he used to have his name as like ages ago. What do I like about cruiser two? I really like early game cruiser two because getting three movement is kind of ridiculous. You know, it opens up opportunities for custodians that like might not even exist. You can snipe some random planet, somebody else's slice. Uh, I don't mind them later, especially if you've got light wave, because again, three movement is just huge. So even if you've just got like two or three cruiser twos, that's not going to be like a huge force, but there's probably some planet that maybe matters to you uh, that you can reach with cruiser twos. I like that they can carry fighters if you're, you know, trying to survive a little bit. I apparently don't have very many interesting opinions about Cruiser 2. I don't usually get it, because usually by the time I have this many techs, I don't think they're super useful anymore. Um, I also think that they're generally better if you're aggressive. They also don't have any blue prerequisites. So again, you know, you could do this or you could get carrier two in gravity drive and you've got another three movement ship that can instead of carrying one thing can carry six um so i am not a cruiser two hater really liked the game as mintac i played where i ended up getting these round one but i don't know i'll save the hot takes for uh you know y'all can can come at me in the comments with your hot cruiser two takes all right, weird rules thing of the week. I've actually got three here, uh, three little things. Hakan, say Hakan has become a martyr. Um, one of the funniest things you could do as Hakan is sell one of your home planets with their mech. And then you've scored become a martyr. But it turns out you cannot do that during the agenda phase <laughs> because become a martyr is an action phase secret. Even if you made this transaction in the agenda phase, um, you cannot score it. So that's fun. Um, I think it was Liver who came in after that and kind of also shared if, you've, if you're if you at like 8 or 9, you've got enough secrets to get to 10. Maybe you have Shard. Just sell all your home planets, and uh, now you can't lose Shard anymore. That's just silly stuff about Hakan's mechs. Um, so... The next one here is just something I've seen come up in a few games I'm, I'm, I'm in. Trade goods on strategy cards are not in the supply. Okay, they're on the strategy card. They're not in the supply anymore, which means that Artuno, the Nomad agent, cannot uh, be exhausted with like however many cards are on that strategy card. So, you know, again, if uh, Warfare has three trade goods on it, you take that card. You cannot uh, trigger Artuno with that and get three more. I am sorry. I did not write the rules but that's uh, something I've seen come up a few times lately. Okay, and then the last one here, it's using the word rules, I think, a bit uh, loosely, but you know, Jazz wanted to shout out that uh, the text of bio Bioplasmosis, which is the Arborek tech that no one researches, says, at the end of the status phase, you may remove any number of infantry from planets you control and place them on one or more planets you control in the same or adjacent systems. So, normally, planets you control only have infantry that you own. 
But of course, in alliance mode, you could use bioplasmosis for moving your allies' infantry around. I mean, there you go. <laughs> I just, I, I, uh, I have not played an alliance mode game. I like the idea. It sounds like something that could be kind of fun with a bunch of pizza sitting around the table. But again, I almost never play in real life. Um, I also just really struggle with games where the rule set is kind of loosely defined. And that's kind of alliance mode. Like, yes, technically there's a rule sheet, uh, but it just doesn't really cover everything. And again, if you're just hanging out with your friends and you want to just make stuff up and have a good time, then sure. But most of the time, I, I just need rules to actually exist for me to, to play a game. But thank you, Jazz. Um, that is the kind of obscure nonsense stuff that I want to highlight on the show. So yeah, there it is. It's highlighted. All right. Um, with that, you know, relatively short show this week, but let's go into the various updates. And PBD 2000 is, of course, the first one I got to cover. I want to give it just another huge thanks to Sunshine Punch. Uh, they're definitely like running the show. Uh, I get to kind of comment and, you know, just hang out and make fun of stuff and threaten people. Um, but he's doing all the work there. The latest event for this round from Baldrick is space risk. So the Imperial and diplomacy strategy cards are exhausted. Players cannot score public objectives during the status phase. The active player receives plus one on all dice rolls. And when a player wins a space combat in a system that contains one of their command tokens, they may remove that token and return it to their reinforcements. So, um, looks like war is a coming, unless, again, you're the syndicate. Because in our galaxy, the syndicate has an agent that will let people score public objectives during the action phase. So that gets around that. And I have let everybody know that although we haven't revealed how and why, anybody wanting to exercise space risk against us will find their chances of winning greatly uh, depressed. <laughs> so we'll just leave that there. Um, but it's a good time. Um, some new abilities from folks are the uh, the Terminator, of course, during your turn of the action phase and during combats in which you are participating, non-unit upgrade technology cards belonging to other players are treated as if they are blank. Um, although apparently the Terminator is actually getting, you know, handled by a necrovirus in that galaxy who is getting propped up by the rest of the galaxy so hopefully that's uh you know working out for everybody there and then echoes says that during combat if your opponent plays an action card you may gain a copy of the card these copies do not count toward your hand limit any copy which is unused at the end of the active player's turn is purged so it's just like you want to play shields holding i can play it too so baldrick you are continuing to bring great joy to the async community thank you so much all right, async rank. I want to just, I've been seeing more questions about this lately. Um, glad to see the interest. I think it's really picking up. So uh, the async rank is like a bolt-on to Twilight Imperium Global League or TIGL. So let me just talk about TIGL really quick. TIGL is, uh, I think Big Al runs that. It is for any kind of game. You can use in real life games, TTPG, whatever games, async. As long as everybody agrees beforehand to make it a TIGL game, then it's real. At the end, the winner fills out a form. It gets put into the uh, the standings, the documents, the uh, results for, for TIGL for that season. 
very open inclusive again anybody can do it as long as all six people are agreed and there's no homebrew basically is the only real rule um async rank is just like for the async server specifically if you win a TIGL game you will rank up to minister people do not start with a rank uh until they win their first TIGL game once they do they are a minister they'll get that role in the main discord channel and then you can rank up from there. So if you play a game against people who everyone in the game at the start of the game is a minister, the winner of that game can rank up to agent. Um, if everyone in the game is an agent, the winner of that game can rank up to commander and so on. Um, so hopefully that's clear. Feel free to come by and ask more questions. I Again, I think it's really picked up uh, the interest in TIGL broadly, and people seem to be pretty interested in the rankings. I also can say that... Uh, you know, again, I just feel like more people are asking about TIGL, and that just makes me happy because I think it's just a fun little way to, to keep track of stuff. Okay, so we actually have seven new ministers since last time. Um, let me just read those new ones, and congrats to all of these new ministers. Venny the Kid, Jelly Bones, Viking Penguin, Star-Lord, Gadel, Gadel, Arioyuki, Beck, and Sam31897. Congratulations to all of you. Um, and then big shout out this week, we have our first commander. Pally won the first, again, a game that finished, right? But the first um, all-agent game and is our first commander. Big congratulations to Pally. And, uh, you know, now we just have to wait a little longer and eventually we'll have all the commanders fight and uh, get ourselves our, our first hero. So anyway, just cool to kind of see this is happening latest counts by the way um these these numbers are not inclusive so like technically if you're a commander you're still a minister but these are just like people at this rank and and, and haven't uh, increased past it so we have 53 ministers 11 agents and one commander anyway that's uh that's very fun so let's wrap things up here with the uh, recent bot updates the the bot will now enforce scoring and initiative order automatically so there's already a there was already a setting where uh, if you're getting close to the end of the game, you can force it so that, uh, you know, like the person on the six or the seven can't score before the one. Lots of times that doesn't matter, but a lot of times the person with the two actually scores and wins, and then the other people technically should not score. This is like decent for stats and stuff like that, or, or you know, accidentally getting the wrong winner, etc. So now once someone has seven VPs in a 10-point game or 11 in a 14-point game, it will... Uh, In, you know, it'll basically force you to score an order. What I do like is apparently that if you're like later in the order, you can still score your stuff uh, and it'll just queue it up. Um, also, you can turn it off in case that it's just wrong. Uh, like, you know that no one's going to uh, to win, that, then that's fine. But I just, I think that's helpful and cool. The other uh, recent addition is that you can now look at the map and you'll see underneath people's like uh, unscored secrets, etc., like by their name around the map, it'll show which strategy cards they haven't followed yet. So in case that matters to you, uh, like you're about to attack someone and you don't know if they've done warfare yet or whatever, uh, or tech or whatever, then uh, you can see that on the map now. So again, another little fun addition. Always check out more details on these in the bot announcements channel. But uh Again, I, I don't always see what's in there, so I like to kind of highlight those for folks. Really just cool updates to the server every single, or to the, yeah, to the bot every single week, honestly. Really amazing stuff. Um, and with that, you know, again, thank you one more time for listening to Strength and Bonds. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Podcast Addict, if you're like me. 
If you liked this episode, leave a comment on the episode discussion in Discord, uh, or come by the Sandwich Party chat about the show. I just, just I, I really appreciate the, the the positive feedback I've been getting. I know that this is not professionally produced. I know that not everything I say makes sense. And I know that you've beaten me in a TI game before, but uh, these little these little comments are uh, really they mean a lot to me. So thank you for doing that. And remember, just because you can play TI at all hours of the night and day, doesn't mean that he should. <laughs>